Super Talk Mississippi media production. Farm Bureau, we are joined by Zach Arnett. He is the head football coach now at Mississippi State and is kind enough to spend some time with us this afternoon. Coach Arnett, we appreciate uh, you making a few minutes for us. How are you today? Doing well, doing well. Appreciate y'all having me on. I'd love to do this kind of in a couple of parts if we can, because I know Hey Dad wants to talk football and your vision for Mississippi State, and we'll get into that. But I'm so curious uh, kind of about you, the person, and how you have gotten to this point. T- take me back, if you don't mind, to, to high school, making the transition from high school to the University of New Mexico. First it looks like it's going to be baseball, then it turns into a football scholarship and, and that part of your journey. Yeah, you're pretty – Pretty short and sweet. I was a, uh, I'm a limited athlete. I'm, you know, about five nine, not the fastest guy in the world. It didn't make really much sense for the football program to recruit me as a scholarship athlete. I was a halfway decent baseball player, and so I was, you know, received a little, a little money uh, to go be a baseball player as a catcher. Uh, prior to my freshman year, football had one of their signees back out of coming, and it opened up a scholarship late. And in a very generous move for some goodwill and PR, uh, they offered it to the local local kid uh, who was a try-hard guy, and I was the beneficiary of that. And so I got put on football scholarship and was able to uh, learn enough and hang around on the roster for the four years there. Did you ever consider both trying to play baseball and football at the, uh, yeah, at the I did. time? I did, my, I did my freshman year, yes, I did. And then needed to, to needed to commit to one. Say that again? Yeah, I was just saying, how hard is it to do that? We occasionally still see a guy who tries to do both, to play baseball and football. How hard is it for, for a guy to be able to do that? I think it's hard to develop and excel at one when you're split like that over the you know throughout the year. Uh, I can tell you in my case, it's not that hard to – Stand on the sideline and sit on the bench. You know that's about most of what I did that that year. So, uh, but obviously football football is my first love, and so I wanted to try to uh, become as good of a player as the potential I had, and you know, got a role on the field. And so I I committed full time to it. And then obviously football, you know, scholarships are uh, full rides, and baseball they're partials. And so <laughs> financially, it was a smarter move to stick with the football scholarship too. So you finish up your football career, and then if Wikipedia is telling me the truth, you're out of the game for a couple of years before you take the opportunity to be a GA at San Diego State. What did you do in those two years between the time that you finished playing and you kind of started your coaching journey? Yeah, you're kind of typical, you know, out of college, no plan, a bunch of odd jobs. I think the last one before I was able to beg on for a position at San Diego State, I was working in a – a uh, hardware warehouse for state bolt and nut there in Albuquerque. So I was pulling, pulling orders or unloading pallets, stocking shelves, and I was a warehouse guy. And and that didn't feel like the career path that you necessarily wanted to chase for the the next forty years. So you you make the transition to football. You, you said you had to beg on to that staff, but you know from from begging on in twenty eleven to being named defensive coordinator in 2018. Obviously, a lot of growth has to come. Walk me through that particular period of your coaching journey and, and how it kind of catapulted you to where you are now. Yeah, I was I was really fortunate. I get offset. You know, Rocky Long, my college head coach when I was playing, 
Uh, at the time, he was a defense coordinator at San Diego State when I kind of reached out to him looking for an opportunity. And that offseason, uh, Brady Hope, who was the head coach at San Diego State, got the head job at Michigan, and Rocky Long was promoted to head coach. And so that was just, you know, I've been really fortunate. I've I talked through the timeline. It's like I've hit the coaching jackpot. Uh, so, you know, Coach Long became the head coach. That, that opened up an opportunity for me. I got brought on as a GA after a couple of years as a GA, uh, even though he could have thrown a rock from campus and found a more qualified candidate. He kept me on, put me on full-time as a linebacker coach. And then I think I was there probably six years as that, or, you know, five, six years. And then uh, we lost a couple of assistants to a Pac-12 job. Uh, a couple of the secondary coaches, one went and got the defense coordinator job at Arizona State and took a guy with him and so I was kind of became the the senior veteran guy on the defensive side and with that came the defensive coordinator title uh, so I was lucky enough to be there for for nine years and looking back on it over that time I think I bet you we probably had in the teens you know double digit former head coaches on that staff over those years and anytime you're a young coach and you have the opportunity to just shut up Listen from guys who have who have been to the highest level uh, and warned the head coach that there's a lot of wisdom you can learn from them. And so I was really fortunate in that regard that Coach Long liked hiring a lot of former head coaches and guys who had uh, you know really been successful throughout the business. And that's great for a young coach to get to learn from those guys. Last thing kind of about your past, I'm, I'm curious when, if it was when you were a kid, when you were in high school, when you were playing in college ball, that you decided, I want to be a coach. And then I don't know that every coach, and forgive a two-part question, when they're in one of those growth roles, whether it's a GA or a position coach, it is necessarily soaking things up like a sponge kind of in preparation for maybe an opportunity to be a head coach one day. So so when did you decide this is what you wanted to do, and were you consciously soaking in as much as you could along the way? Yeah, I don't know if I have a conscious, ever made a conscious decision that I wanted to be a, a head coach or a coach of any kind. I mean, uh, you know, I was really blessed growing up in sports. First of all, my my father and my uncle were, you know, like coaches to me, and at every one of my sporting events and uh, always there to give me advice, but I had great coaches growing up, um, you know, and I was always fortunate enough to kind of be on successful winning teams. And so it always leaves a good taste in your mouth. Uh, but again, I shoot, I think it was probably some of those long days in the warehouse, you know, getting yelled at for messing up another order or <laughs> not knowing the difference between a hex head and a, you know, what galvanize is and what isn't and, stainless steel, all that stuff. And so I was probably more just looking for a a different opportunity. And then fortunately enough, I was able to stick in coaching, but I've always wanted to be a part of teams. You know, when when you've grown up playing sports and then you get away from it, uh, a lot of guys, you long for that, you know, camaraderie and working towards something bigger than than just yourself. And uh, obviously that's the great part about coaching. And you get to put yourself into other people and watch them develop and uh, reach and go beyond their potential. And then your second part of your question, I'm not sure I ever really thought again consciously, hey, this is a great chance for me to sit here and just soak in all this knowledge and wisdom from guys who are older than me and guys who have been former head coaches. 
I think it's just after you kind of realize, after it sets in, man, maybe I don't have it all figured out. You know, when you're a young guy, you think you do, you think your opinions all matter, and then quickly you realize, oh, shoot, I don't have the slightest clue what I'm actually talking about. And and hopefully you realize sooner or later you just kind of be quiet and start to listen and learn. And now you've got a program that is all your own. We've got a minute and a half or so until the break, and then we'll kind of switch and and talk about this Mississippi State team and and spring practice coming up. But has there been a moment? I mean, the, 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 the timeline has been so fast, and there's been so much for you to do over the last couple of months. Has there been a moment for you to sit back and, and take a breath and, and kind of take a survey of uh, the fact that, that you're now the boss, now, now you're in charge of an SEC football program? Yeah. Well, i tell you what, I got a lot more administrative paperwork and HR stuff to do than when I was just worrying about calling <laughs> third-down defenses as the D coordinator. And so that's kind of been a oh, welcome-to-the-new-job moment. But, uh, no, I think, I mean, every day, every day you – you see the roster. You see the guys out there working. You know the, the new staff we've assembled here. Uh, you know the the responsibility hits you that yeah you're you're kind of in charge of everything and uh, that's the role of a leader. If if we have hiccups in the operation or or things don't go well, ultimately that's a reflection of of, of leadership. And so uh, you know we preach accountability and. And leadership and responsibility to the players, well, the same thing applies to us as coaches and uh, me more than anyone. We're visiting with Zach Arnett. He's the head football coach at uh, Mississippi State, uh, has a 1-0 and record. So uh, I think on our graphic on the screen it says winning as coach in the SEC by winning percentage right now. I, I don't know if you are able to keep that forever, uh, but it certainly is a, a great spot to start. We're going to continue our crazy that it's kind of an afterthought at this point compared to what the first Wednesday in February used to be. Uh, where are things right now for you in, in terms of organization and leadership and building a roster and building culture and everything that happens during the offseason? Well, things are going well. Obviously, we got our, uh, you know, all of our full time coaches, on field staff assembled. Uh, you know, there might be a few off the field hires still to get announced, but uh, in terms of the, the men who are going to be leading, leading meetings in the meeting room and coaching up the players on the field. Uh, the staff is in place. Obviously, we have a tremendous amount of uh, not only experience recruiting in Mississippi in the footprint, but SEC experience. I think when you tabulate all the years of SEC experience on our staff, we have actually over a century of SEC experience, which is going to be incredibly beneficial to me. Uh, I'm very excited about the recruiting prowess of our staff. And then, obviously, uh, you know we're back off the road recruiting, and so we were out there watched watched the 6 a.m. workouts this morning and, and weight room. And obviously we're, you know, pretty much everyone is staying obviously in the position they're in, but there may be a few slight moves uh, to try and give guys a better opportunity to get on the field. And obviously we're changing scheme a little bit on offense. Uh, Coach Barbe, I think he does a phenomenal job when I ask him, hey, what's your offensive philosophy? What's your identity? What do you want to do? And he goes, well, show me who our most explosive players are. Show me who our best players are. So obviously on the offensive side of the ball, we're going to be identifying who our top 11 guys are, who are the guys who give us the best chance to score points, and then we'll be molding our scheme around them. Coach, you know, when you were under Coach Leach, he sort of gave you that freedom of, hey, that's your defense, and I'm going to let let you be, and you make the decisions you want to make. Are you giving Coach Barbe that same kind of freedom? Is that his offense, and, and you're kind of going to stay hands off? 
Yeah, seeing how I have zero years of experience coaching on the offensive side of the ball, I don't think I'm qualified to tell them what they should do. <laughs> hey, I, I, I buy that. I buy that. When you when you were putting the staff together, even before you had Coach Barbe on as your offensive coordinator, you made a couple of position hires in Chad Bumpus and Will Friend. Mississippi natives, obviously Bumpus played here at Mississippi State. Was that something you wanted on staff with some Mississippi guys who you could, could, could fall back on in terms of recruiting? How crucial were they to what you wanted to do from a recruiting perspective? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, I, I've made no, you know, there's been no mystery to what I've I've wanted to accomplish here in terms of the recruiting prowess of the staff, particularly the ties to in the state of Mississippi, and then the footprint, which for us is you know about a 250, 300 mile radius around campus. And I mean, this last year of the top 25 players in in the state of Mississippi, we signed 12 of them, which is more than any other any other school. Right, and and I think I would like to see us sign even more. All right, obviously getting Coach Bumpus back, Tupelo native. Right, great player here. Has proven to be a phenomenal recruiter and coach. You know, was at Utah the last couple of years. I worked with that offensive coordinator actually, and so uh, reached out to him for his advice, his thoughts, and recommendation on Coach Bumpus. Got nothing but glowing reviews. You know, they went to back-to-back Rose Bowls. Uh, so extremely excited to get him back to the Bulldog family. Uh, he's a great player here. I think he's going to be a great. Great coach here and great mentor of our wide receiver room. And obviously, Coach Friend, you know, born in West Point, played at Neshoba Central. Right? His, his dad actually still coaches down at Meridian High School. Uh, he probably knows the state as well as anyone. And his development and leadership of the offensive line group is second to none in college football. I have, I've had to face his units several times. Typically, those are games where uh, – <laughs> They've been the some of the highest rushing totals we've given up. Uh, I I could not say more about the job he does as a developer of the offensive line position. He was actually the play caller against us this last year at Auburn uh, and gave me fits trying to call defenses against him. So incredibly incredibly excited to have those two guys back on staff. Zach, I'm I'm curious about process on this as well. I, I was thinking about what you said about Rocky Long and and all the head coaches that he brought in through the time that you were on his staff. He had four decades of coaching experience and and kind of relationships built when he got that head coaching job at San Diego State and, and you were on staff. You've got a much shorter runway of, of time in college football. So how do you build those relationships? so that you can kind of figure out who you want to hire and how you want to go through that interview process. And, and, and obviously with the turnover that you have in college football, that a lot of times happens on a year-to-year basis. Yeah, I mean, obviously you got you lean on people like Tony Hughes, you know, who's been coaching for a long time in this state, a long time in the SEC. You know, obviously you say the same thing about David Turner. Uh, you know, one of my first was bringing Brad Peterson uh, back on staff and kind of a, chief of staff role. I know it's not officially his title, but, uh, you know, very much in a role like that. Long-time, very successful head coach in the state of Mississippi. Uh, got to know him. You know, he. I think he joined when it was under Coach Mullen's staff, was retained and was here under Coach Moorhead, was here for about a year and a half under Coach Leach, and then he hit the, his years required for retirement in Mississippi, and so he had he had retired and gone into the private sector, and fortunately, I was able to beg him back, and and he was willing to do it. Uh, he's been he's about as connected 
state of Mississippi as anyone and been incredibly valuable what he's provided to me over this last month. But, you know, you again, you look at the rest of the staff. Will Friend, I mentioned about David Turner, his experience, his resume. Right? Uh, Greg Knox, who we brought in off the field. We were able to get him back in an off the field role. Right? Uh, he was he an was SEC coach for 27 consecutive years between wide receivers and running backs. And so, uh, you know, I definitely would like to think I'm a low ego guy. And to get men on the staff with their resumes, the experience in the SEC, obviously that is something I'm going to lean on heavily. Coach, you, you know, if you keep up with you guys on social media, you and your assistants, you guys have been on basically a barnstorming tour the past few weeks around Mississippi high schools, meeting with coaches and players. When you meet with the high school coaches around the state, what's your message to them as far as, as what you want to see from players going to Mississippi State? Well, I got pretty. I mean, I'm I'm a defensive guy, so I'm pretty simple. You know, I just look for facts and figures and data to support my ideas. But right now, we got 28, 28 bulldogs in the NFL, and 19 of those guys played either high school football or junior college football in the state of Mississippi. So that would that would seem to me like our best football players in this program come from the state of Mississippi. They either played high school football here, or they came here and played in the junior college program. So it seems to me like we ought to be. Uh, spending the majority of our time recruiting the state of Mississippi harder than anyone, and it'll pay off great dividends for us. Zach, last thing for you as we uh, we wrap up. Uh, people throw culture around almost so frequently that it's like a, a buzzword, and, and I wonder if it has the same meaning that, that it needs to. But when you think about the culture of, of your program, team, coaches, support staff, everybody that's involved with, what are you trying to build, and, and how do you build that? Yeah, well, I'm going to just echo what you said. I think I think it's talked about so much and thrown around as a buzzword. It's it's kind of just become that a slogan on a wall, right? I I don't think we need a drastic culture change here. I, I think we need to carry on the tradition and the culture of what Mississippi State football has always been about. This is a damn this is a big time program. Right? It's, it plays tough, physical, aggressive football. Always has and always will. And it's my job to to make sure we continue to do that. And uh, myself, the rest of the staff, and the players in the program are incredibly proud to put on the maroon and white. And we look forward to going about our work and getting ready for the 23 season. Coach, that was Richard's last question. I have one more for you. I talked to your boss uh, on Friday. We talked to Zach Selman, and I asked him this question. I want to get your thoughts on it as well. NIL, obviously it's, it's such a huge deal. What can you as the head football coach do to promote NIL beyond just talking about NIL? Well, I think the first thing you do is, uh, you know, NIL, we are all for any, anything that creates opportunities for our players, right, to better their situation and to continue to build their, their brand. Obviously, the, the way, number one way you do that is you keep the main thing the main thing, and that is football. Right? The biggest thing we can do to – to increase it is put out a competitive winning football team. And usually that takes care of a lot of things. And so that is the message we preach daily to our guys. We are here to support them any way we can. And NIL certainly creates a lot of opportunities for themselves. And the best way we can help them is to coach them hard, develop them so that they reach the best of, best of their abilities, reach their full potential, and we go out there and we're a winning football team and play 
football that this university and the fan base is proud of, all the other stuff will take care of itself. Zach, can't thank you enough for your time this afternoon. Uh, wish you the best on uh, on the smaller version of National Signing Day, and uh, hope we can uh, have some conversations with you again in the future. Thanks so much. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.